Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. Hey, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, guys, today uh, we're going to talk uh, technique. We're going to get a little technical here. And uh, the specific topic is how to improve your technique, how to improve your copywriting, um, which I'm really excited to talk about since, as I think makes a lot of sense, you don't get better at something without practicing. doesn't matter what it is, whether it's riding a bicycle, speaking Mandarin, using a tightrope. What would you call using a tight, walking a tightrope? Yeah. Walking, balancing on a tightrope. Anyway, you need to practice and tightrope walking. And you also need to practice outside of doing uh, work for your clients, right? You should already be really well practiced while you're doing work, work with your clients. And then actually it's a great practice to stay in while you are still taking clients in between working with your clients, um, practicing your copy skills. Um, so first of all, let's actually get something off of our list because it is so often recommended as a great way to learn copywriting. And it's um, how to say it nicer than the way I want to say it. Nope, it's I'm just going to say it. a great way to learn copywriting. It's stupid. It is straight up stupid. Let me just draw a line in the sand. Um, and so what is that technique, Kate? It is hand copying ads, which is exactly what that sounds like. Looking at an ad and then copying it word for word in your own notebook. Mm-hmm. Yes, which, exactly. Have you ever done that in school as a kid? Maybe a good way to learn spelling, but 
I don't know. Even then, I don't know. Well, I will say that hand copying is very useful for memorization. So if there is something you want to learn and you need to memorize something, like then learning a new language. Exactly, yeah. learning a new language. If you are, if you're a CCS student and you're watching our watching our videos, then absolutely, ready uh, taking down notes. There's a reason why we take notes in class because it helps us retain it. However. When you are studying copy, you're not trying to memorize it. And writing it out by hand doesn't, doesn't give you any kind of benefit. And it makes me so crazy that this is thrown around like it's a good idea. Um, if you want to learn copywriting, you can't just write down the words that you see. Instead of writing down the words that you see, read, you have to take some time to actually analyze what it is that you're reading, which is, will get us into the, the techniques for actually how to practice your copywriting. But just writing down words, you know, I've heard people say, well, it's, you know, everybody says that you're supposed to do this and you learn sentence structure and you learn, but it's, it's sentence, first of all, you probably already know sentence structure. And second of all, you're, you're not going to learn one sentence structure for one ad is not going to teach you anything when it comes to writing copy for anything else there's just it's such a it's such a strange and lazy tactic to be teaching people when instead there's so, there's a much better way to use the copy that you see out in the world um it's you should first of all the the first step really is to start noticing the copy mm -hmm. you see out in the world right the, we are trained to ignore things that are are not our focus um, as much as possible and unfortunately a lot of times that means copy um, banner ads billboards all that kind of thing but even the stuff that you do read you may not actually recognize that you are reading copy you know if you get an email from your favorite retailer or whatever um, you may read it to find out what the details are but it might may not click with you that you are reading copy. So the first step really is to take a moment and slow yourself down and take a moment to recognize that what you are reading is copy and actually acknowledge that that is, and this is so funny because I think a lot of people think they can skip this step, but it really takes a lot of, of time to train your brain to stop and pause and go, oh, let me not just read this as, a message to me or whatever, but let me read this as copy from a copywriter's perspective. Mm -hmm. And you should always be looking out and when you're out in the world, looking for it and, you know, intent, being intentional about not only what you're reading, but looking for it in the first place. So for example, you know, I think a lot of students too, in the CCA, when we're first starting out, we hear, where do I even find copy? Where, where do I even find it? And Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Nikki mentioned billboards, the mail that's coming into your, your house that you might typically classify as junk mail, uh, brochures when you're sitting in the doctor's office, emails in your inbox. So not only reading them, but start saving some too. So being intentional about reading them. If you don't have time in that moment to really stop and, and be more intentional about what you're reading, save it for later. Start creating a file of 
you know, at the beginning, it can just be a whole mess of a file. Um, and as you go, you can start to, you know, spend carve out time in your day to start digging through it and looking at it and considering what, who, who's the intended audience of this message? What is working? What is not working? Why is it not working? And start setting aside time to really look at these pieces. And, you know, as you go, you might want to sort them and say, okay, here's ones that didn't work. Here's ones that I think work really well. And I don't know that I would change too much about them and start filing them in different ways that way. So, and then have your hmm, not working so well folder. We'll come back to that because you're going to want to, there's other ways to practice with those. Then those are perfect pieces to come back to and save so that you can further practice, not mm -hmm. just, you know, reading and being intentional about it, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and to, uh, in that same vein, I am constantly taking screenshots of um, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, all that kind of stuff and, and reading it through and going, okay, what do I like about this? What do I not like about this? Um, and you can go over too to Facebook ads library. And if you're curious about what a brand is running, search for that brand in the Facebook ads library and, um, and see what their ads are. And I want to underscore that, that both of us are still doing this. This is not something that stops. I think it's very easy as you get clients to not carve out time to do this. But then, especially if you if you decided to niche or if you're just working with the same handful of clients, it's hard to learn and grow and expand your skill set if you're just staying in a very narrow, small world, and then you're not getting more information to bring back to your clients and projects and, and, you know, kind of level them up in some ways. So yeah, this is for everyone, not yes. just starting out. Yes, it's great. But even as you are, you know, five, 10, 15 years in 20 years in, mm -hmm. uh, still, still looking out for it and still paying attention. Well, and you learn, a lot, a lot in a very different way when you're not just evaluating your own work, when you are evaluating others' work, work that you see out in the world, because you, you have your own limited perspective with your own work, but you can learn to expand that perspective and think outside of your own brain a little bit better when you practice evaluating the work that you see out there in the world. I mean, our, our uh, CCA students, our Comprehensive Copywriting Academy students know that our Facebook group is chock full of people sharing their work, getting feedback and um, amazingly, wonderfully supportive group of people. Um, but we're always saying, you know, you want to give three times as much feedback as you ask for, um, and not just to keep the feedback feedback machine going, of course, um, though I guess that to some degree that is part of it, but also because giving feedback is so incredibly valuable for your growth as a copywriter and learning to see what's, what's, what's good, what could be better, how it could be better, learning to identify that is crucial, um, which gets into the next step after you started to collect these copywriting samples is to evaluate them based on the things that you have learned, the principles of copywriting, not just you know, oh, this is funny. Okay, well, sure, maybe it's funny, but by the principles of copywriting, does it do its job? Does it convey the benefit? Um, is it clear who the target audience is? Is there a clear call to action? Does does the copy do its job? And, you know, a lot of ones you, you evaluate and go, yeah, you know, this does. And a lot of ones, quite frankly, you'll evaluate and go, hmm, actually, 
when I look at this with my copywriter hat on and I evaluate it with the things that I've learned, it actually doesn't do its job. And you're going to come across a lot of that. And that is incredibly valuable too. And as you say, all right, I think it, it, it did its job or versus it didn't do its job. Then ask yourself too, why? What is it about it that, that means that it didn't do its job or that it did do its job? Yeah. As an example, I'm thinking of when I screenshotted and shared in the group the other day, which was uh, the Statue of Liberty with a flamethrower. And the headline was something like along the lines of New York has everything except flamethrowers. And it was an ad for stone removal workers. So they were, you know, paying 17 bucks an hour, I think it was. And, you know, come, come join and remove snow. Mm -hmm. That all of that was buried though, underneath this, like has everything but flamethrowers headline and the graphic and it worked with the headline and the graphic worked. And I laughed and I enjoyed it. But then I thought this doesn't make any sense for A, the intended audience, B, the, the benefit, what is the benefit, which, you know, if you're looking for a job and that, that pay is going to be more of a benefit than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was, it was, that was a perfect example of one that was like, oh, this is funny, but man, is it missing its mark? Yeah. Yeah. just because that's the that's the thing that we we always want to remember too is that first of all not every piece of copy needs to be funny I would say the vast vast majority of copy that you write actually doesn't need to be funny or clever or anything like that I know sometimes people are worried about that um, most of your clients aren't looking for funny or clever um, and then you know if you get one that is great but um, funny for the sake of funny or clever for the sake of clever has no place in copywriting if it's not doing its job. It, and it's, it's not helping to communicate the key message. It's just getting in the way and it's ruining the piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next step after taking some time to evaluate it, um, and I think really people are good about learning to notice copy. People are good about saving copy. And I think even to some degree, people are generally uh, amenable to, you know, thinking about about it. it. Exactly. Maybe, you know, this next step is the one where most people, the next step is the one that most people do not take. And I can tell you that it will be incredibly, incredibly valuable if you actually do it. Um, so set yourself apart. You will learn faster. You will, you will be a better copywriter if you do this. And that next step is to take the ones like Kate's flamethrower ad, not Kate's, the city of New York's flamethrower ad. (laughs) Yes, exactly. No credit. Um, the, the one that Kate found, uh, take an ad or take a piece of copy wherever you saw it that isn't doing its job and rewrite it so that is. Um, And yes, of course, you're going to have to make some suppositions about who the target audience is. You have to make some suppositions about who the, um, who, what the intended messaging is, what the call to action is meant to take them to. Exactly. Um, And also, by the way, this is a great opportunity to write out a creative brief for the project Mm -hmm. as well. Every project should have a creative brief. So take five, 10 minutes, write out the creative brief, but then rewrite that ad and take the ad that wasn't good. And I just keep saying ad, you know, you guys know that that's shorthand for just any piece of copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be packaging on, on potato chips or whatever, but take that piece of copy again, creative briefs, always, always, I was going to say a good idea, but it's like, write a creative, no, just it's necessary. It. It's necessary. Yeah. <laughs> um, never skip the creative brief. Um, I think I wrote that in my book, like six times, never skip the creative brief. Um, But take the time then to actually write the ad 
that would be good, a right, an ad that actually does do its job. Mm-hmm. And if it is something digital that you can click through on, click through, see mm-hmm. where it goes. That might help give you more information. You might see things on, if it's a landing page that it takes you to, for example, of, oh, okay, this is what the ad needs to say then to get them to click here. And maybe you end up rewriting the landing page too. Who knows? <laughs> um, but that's a good way to get additional information for yourself to, to better fill out your creative brief and rewrite the ad so that it makes sense and is done with strategy and with intention. And the other thing is too, when you're rewriting it, if there are good pieces of the ad or, you know, again, ad brochure, whatever it is you're rewriting, mm-hmm keep them. That's okay. If it's just the headline that's not working, you're like, everything else really, really works. Don't beat yourself up to rewrite the whole thing. You don't have to blow up the entire ad and start from scratch. You can reuse pieces that are working. I think often when we're first starting out, I know I felt this way and sometimes to the extent do, because I want to push myself and always write the best possible copy for my client. But sometimes it is, I go back to what one of the first things I came up with was, or I tweak that slightly, or something the client recommended to me in the copy is like, nope, actually that's exactly, they mm-hmm. nailed it. Um, not feeling bad that this is a collaborative effort. And so if a client gives you something good or there already is something good, then keep it. Mm-hmm. It's your job to analyze it and know why it is good and why it should stay, but don't feel then you have to rewrite every single thing in an ad that you're rewriting. Maybe yeah. you do. Maybe it really is just terrible and you need to start from scratch, but well, and you know what, too, that, that holds through for when you're doing projects with uh, with clients. You know, you go in and you ask them if the brand's already established, which most of the time it will be. Mm-hmm. You ask them, you know, can you show me work that you've liked before, stuff, pieces that you're really, that were really on brand, that, that your team really loved. Show me the stuff you didn't love, because that'll be helpful, too. Mm-hmm. But you may find that there are, there are phrases or there are words that they use again and again, and they really kind of become part of the... Uh, become part of the the brand, really. And then it's very appropriate to be using those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to, just while I'm thinking of it, um, and maybe it's because when we were recording this, we just finished our, uh, our Pitchapalooza um, yearly pitching event to get our students all, all excited and amped up. And if you're not a student yet, don't worry about it. Um, we always have the recordings in there and we do it, do it again, again every January. So yeah. you can get in now, watch the recordings and then join live in January, uh, next January. But, um, I do want to say though, like we were just saying, well, rewrite the ad and then rewrite the landing page. Um, I think that for some, some of more ambitious people might be like, Oh, bam, if I'm going to rewrite the, if I'm going to rewrite the ad and rewrite the landing page, then these are perfect people to pitch. Now, yes, that point is correct. These people are, are great to pitch. Um, they're very, few people out there are companies out there that wouldn't be, wouldn't be great to pitch. However, uh, do not then take the leap of they'd be great to pitch. I'm going to send through my new version of the copy, or I'm going to tell them what they're doing wrong in their copy. (laughs) Starting out a conversation with a potential client by telling them what they're doing wrong is never going to go over well. 
it's it comes across no matter what your intentions are. Unfortunately, you're a stranger and it's going to come across as presumptuous. It's going to come across as rude and it's going to come across as arrogant. Um, as our students know, you never go in talking about what they're doing wrong. You always talk about what they're doing right and then opportunities that a company has. Um, so don't don't comment on the work that they're doing. Don't send through your new version of something. Um, on, on a, a larger brand perspective, it's just, it's going to rub people the wrong way. Uh, with a smaller brand, you could be sending that feedback to the person who wrote it. And then boy, are you going to make an enemy? Um, so yes, if you're seeing uh, an ad that you think, oh gosh, this could really be done so much better, then great. Absolutely pitch that company. But your the, the idea that you pitch them with does not have to be uh, a revision to that ad. Mm-hmm. Um, come up with other ideas to 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 pitch them on, to suggest them, um, but don't ever ever include anything negative in a pitch or in a conversation with a client. It's always focused on they're doing something, even if they're not doing it well. Like, hey, you're, that's a great place to start. Now I think we have opportunities to do this, but never ever focus on a negative thing with a, a potential client or client uh, and never ever comment on their current work. Even if they say to you, what do you think about this? You say, well, you know what? I see a lot of opportunities for improvement here. This is a great place to start. A lot of opportunities for improvement. If you ever come in and tear apart, even if the brand is like, oh, this is terrible, is it? isn't it? Bite your tongue. It's not going to make you any friends to be like, yeah, this is bad. Nope, 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 nope. Just be diplomatic. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Could be better. And on the upside, I see a lot of opportunities for improvement. Anyway, a a big aside, I realized that, but I wanted to make sure that um, we got that in before before I forget. Anyway, back to learning. Yeah, if it is one of your best pieces that you end up rewriting and you feel like it's a good spec piece because you completely, you know, reapproached it and it is something that you think is shows your best work, you can put it in your portfolio and you can pitch them and you don't have to call that out. They'll find it on their own. And of course, CCA students know to explain what they did, why they did it, et cetera. And market is give it context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Market is spec. Um, but if it is one of your best, you can always put it in your portfolio. And it's a good idea for, as you're looking at ads, rewriting ads, um, I should say as a next step, write your own creative brief and write your own piece for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking whatever brand out in the world that you either have an affinity for, or just a brand you're interested in, or best case, an industry that you think you might want to work in at some point or write copy in at some point. Um, It's always good to have pieces in your portfolio that reflect some of the different things that you can do, different Mm -hmm. voices, different industries, different medium. Uh, So yeah, write your own creative brief. Yeah. Pick pick a company. And and it can be fun too, as you're out there in the world and you're starting to notice this copy to, to take the time to read something you wouldn't normally be be cognitive of and go, oh, I like that brand voice. Anytime you go, or, or, oh, that's, that's an interesting brand voice, or that's kind of a challenging brand voice. Great. Grab that. And to Kate's point, make it, make a spec piece, get together with your design partner, put together a creative brief and make a spec piece of it. Cause remember too, first of all, like, oh, play around with different brand voices. Let me see if I could do that. What a fun challenge for yourself. 
with your portfolio. You're looking to demonstrate the depth and breadth of your experience. And one of the ways you'll do that is by putting in different kinds of pieces, emails, landing pages, potentially print pieces, any all kinds of things. I feel like I'm listing them a ton in this episode, but also demonstrating the different voices that you can write in. Because when you show that you can nail this voice that is, you know, one certain style. And then in another piece, you can nail a totally different voice that's in a totally different style. It gives your potential clients so much more confidence that when they hire you, you'll be able to hit the ground running because you know how to learn brand voices and how to write in a brand's voice so that it feels seamless. Mm -hmm. And then once you've written your pieces, whether it's a rewrite or you do a brand new from Creative Brief, add from scratch, put yourself out there to get feedback on that work. Mm -hmm. Because one of the biggest things as a copywriter is getting feedback and then incorporating it into a V2 or V3 or whatever it ends up being. Mm -hmm. Um, If it gets to V10, then you know that Mm -hmm. something was wrong with the creative brief and you need to work on that part of the process. And version one, version two, two, just to be very, very clear. Yes. Um, but incorporating and practicing incorporating feedback into a rework of your piece is, is huge. You need to practice that as a copywriter. So you need to have a means for getting feedback. And as we always like to say, you need to be very, very careful of who you're getting your feedback from. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I send something to my mom, She's very good at giving feedback. So this is maybe a bad example, but typically you think of moms as like, this is so wonderful. Oh my gosh, this is so great. And that's not very helpful to you improving your work as a copywriter. There's Mm -hmm. always something that can be improved or there's always someone who's going to look at it from a different perspective and maybe make you see something in a different way. So Mm -hmm. making sure you're getting it from qualified people. So, and by qualified, we mean someone who's received copywriting training, somebody who you know knows the principles of copywriting. It doesn't have to be someone who's been a copywriter for five, 10, 15 years, or even a year or two years. It could be someone who's done it for a few months and knows to lead with the benefit, that knows that you need a clear call to action, that is looking for all the elements that you want someone to look for when they're analyzing your copy, just like you are when you're analyzing other people's copy. So Mm -hmm. put yourself out there to get that feedback because it's going to be important practice to then do a version two of your piece. Yeah. Well, and you know, to, to that point too, sometimes we can think, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to, I'm not ready to share it with other copywriters, but which as our students know, our group is incredibly, incredibly supportive. Um, but I think there's the temptation like, well, I'm just going to show it to my friends or I'm going to show it to my significant other. And here's the mm-hmm. thing. They don't know how to give you feedback about copywriting. So they're going to give you feedback because you've asked for feedback, but they may be like, well, you know, oh, this line is this and oh, that line's really funny. And um, like the, the feedback that they're going to give you. And even too, if you're like, well, um, my target audience is men ages 40 to 50 who X, Y, Z, so I'm going to give it to my husband because he is that target mm. audience. He does not know because he's not trained in copywriting. He doesn't know how to give you the feedback to make the ad better. He doesn't know how to reverse engineer it. He might be able to say, yeah, you know, that's interesting. I might click on it or whatever, but he doesn't know how to, to dig into the principles of copywriting to give you that kind of that kind of feedback. So again, even if, you know, the people that you ask have the best intention, 
because they don't have that expertise. And again, to Kate's point, it doesn't need to be your fellow copy students are perfect. They just need to have some training. They need to understand the principles that you are trying to follow. Otherwise, how can they evaluate whether or not you've been able to follow those principles? That makes sense, right? Yeah. Okay. So now if you've been paying attention and taking notes, yeah, we have given you some homework. Um, but this is homework that is going to make you a better copywriter. And if you care about being a good copywriter, if you care about doing the best work that you that you possibly can do for your clients, and quite frankly, I think if you've been listening, you probably do. If you don't care, you probably haven't been bothering to listen to this podcast anyway. Um, but if you care, this is really, really important practice. Maybe set yourself a goal of, of, you know, collecting a piece of copy once a day, just, you know, grab it, take a screenshot, take a photo of something. If you see it out in the world, take a photo. Heck, if you see it in the newspaper, take a photo. Um, if you actually get a newspaper, um, I tried, they can't find my home. Uh, so collect a piece of copy and then maybe once a week, pick a day of the week and you take some time and you rewrite, create a make a creative brief and rewrite an ad that didn't do its job and rewrite it so that it does. We can promise you it will make such a huge difference in, in your skill and in your confidence too, because the more that you do this, the more that you practice copy, the more you're going to get that, that confidence that you can take on pretty much any project that, that comes your way. You can do it, but you can do it better with practice. Okay. So that's your assignment. Let us know if you choose to accept it. Um, we will be, I'm proud in advance, but we'll be especially proud when you, when you let us know you have. And with that, we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the build your copywriting business podcast. So you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.